Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. Uh, Deserts of Plenty is a podcast about making our way in this crazy world, in a world in which we are inundated with calories, but devoid of nutrition. We are inundated with information, but we are devoid of knowledge and facts. We are inundated with experiences, but we are a desert of connection and meaning. You know, in short, comfort and ease of access to all of these things, food, experiences, people, information is killing us. It's making our life much more difficult. Uh, you know, I will, uh, like all of these things that we get, it's just dopamine. We just get, we're getting constantly inundated with dopamine. But, uh, I mean, I do, well, I do many podcasts on dopamine, even what limited bit about it I know. But, you know, as we get dopamine, which is often called the pleasure chemical, it's really more about motivation, um, you know, and this is part of like living in this world where corporations can sell us pleasure. And so they disguise pleasure as happiness, you know, buy this thing and you will be happy, which is not only misleading, it's exactly wrong. Because the more pleasure one gets, you know, the more dopamine you have, like your brain is sensitive to this. So it down regulates dopamine receptors. That's why people who have addictions to various things need a bigger kick every time to get the same feeling because the brain is protective and it down regulates dopamine receptors, which also down regulates our level of serotonin, which is more the happiness chemical. And um, so in in a way that seems counterintuitive, you know, the more pleasure we get, the unhappier we become. This is why, to me, children of billionaires are all monsters because they've never had to strive for everything. They get anything they want and there's no obvious thing to blame their misery on. It can't be for lack of money or things. It's got to be themselves, right? But it probably isn't. It probably has to do with this unending series of pleasure you know, there's, what's the, the curse of good fortune? Yeah, it's a real thing. And uh, I think it's a real thing. Anyway, I, and I know when I say that, and for those of you who listen to this, who are going through tough times, you're like, easy for me to say, uh, or easy for the universe to say. And of course, like, I don't, I don't mean to be flippant or undercut an experience. Like, you know, even, even living in this world today and world of plenty, I mean, even if you have, you're struggling to pay your rent, it's still miles better than, you know, 99.999% of any human has ever lived. But I know relativism is BS. I don't want to swear, uh, but I could. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't mean that just because other people have had it worse that you should just suck it up and feel good about yourself. I'm not trying to say that. I'm, uh, I'm just saying that in this world, you, know, you can pick up your phone and have food at your door in like 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, you uh, with dating apps, we have access to hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so people are very um, disposable because you can just move on. And it's the same with experiences and food and all these things, all these things. So once again, comfort is killing us in short. It's making us all sad, lonely and miserable. And then it just seems like, well, how could that possibly be given the absolute explosion of experiences one could have? Well, it's exactly because of that. In fact, the, the pleasure and pain, pain starts parts of our brain are at the same place. 
And so it's just physiologically, if you get overloaded enough with pleasure, eventually you're going to get sad and depressed. I keep going back to one definition of happiness that I really like is happiness is overcoming problems. Uh, another definition I read, and I'm sure I've said this recently too, is uh, happiness is that space of time between get, finishing one desire and like, or like realizing one desire and the beginning of the next one, <laughs> which is like, so we're still, yeah, I mean, it's still propel or die like a shark, move forward or die, I think. Anyway, today, uh, what I wanted to talk about are some zero cost, in some in fact, some of these will actually, one of these will save you money. Uh, so these are low cost or uh, no cost, or in some instances, uh, you know, uh, adding money to your bank account, ways that you can consider uh, to improve the quality of your life, your, your, your physical life, your mental life, your spiritual life, just your life in general. Now, I, I, I don't, I don't real, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to say it in that I don't give advice. Take nothing that you hear from me as advice. I'm not suggesting you go and do these things. One of the reasons that I like to talk about these things is because since they make no money, there's no one out there really pushing them, you know, like, even if I hooked you on one of these things, I'm never going to see a penny from it and no one would. So there's a lot, there's not like a lot of people out there, um, pushing these things, you know, um, this is as a quick aside, we're all familiar with post-traumatic disorder, stress disorder, PTSD. Uh, but there's an opposite side of that, which is post-traumatic growth, right? People experience difficult situations and because of that, they grow. And in reality, from my understanding and reading, that phenomenon is way more common than post-traumatic stress disorder. The problem, once again, or the issue or the reason we don't hear about it very much is, again, it doesn't make anybody any money. I can't sell you something or one cannot sell another person something based on, oh, you have this experience and you feel better? Great. Buy my book. No, because there's no book to buy. So it's not talked about. It's not propagated. And, you know, it's it uh, if you ask people about what's the inevitable outcome of stress, most people will think about stress disorders because that's what we hear about. Because, again, it's how people make money. So I'm not here to demonize that. It just is what it is. And we'll move on. So what I want to talk about today is five or six zero cost, low cost ways that you can go and affect the change of your life immediately. Uh, most, if not all of these, I have taken. um mainly from Andrew Huberman's podcast, Huberman Lab, which I very much recommend. It is a podcast by a scientist based on scientific tools to affect your life. And he, and he talks about it in a very um, accessible way. Uh, he does go into some detail if you're nerdy about that. I mean, I have a background in biochemistry and immunology, so I enjoy that. But uh, he's not for everybody like every like everything, not for everybody. But he does have some really good information. And if you just scroll through his episodes, I'm sure, I believe you will find something that's very relevant to you. So a lot of these comes from these. I'm going to talk about them, highlight some of the scientific evidence or the benefits that seem to be derived from these things. Again, I don't give advice. I'm not saying do these things. You know, I'm not your doctor. Uh, I'm not a doctor. And if I were, I'm not your doctor. And even if I were, ultimately, you are responsible for your health and your well-being. No one else. So you got to own that yourself. So number one, uh, 
uh, one of the first things I do, uh, early morning sunlight. Get sunlight in your eyeballs, on your skin. Now, for those of you worried about UV, this is generally in the morning when the UV is quite low. Uh, but again, if that is something you're concerned about, don't please don't follow my advice. Do what's right for you. But uh, if this seems good to you, I, I recommend it. Uh, not only just on your eyeballs, but also your skin. I mean, I live in Toronto, it's freezing right now. I'm not getting it on much of my skin, but in my eyes, uh, because your skin is the largest organ in your body and the sunlight affects our skin. Uh, the other thing it does is it, 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 it resets your circadian, your 24 hour rhythm, lets your body know, okay, it is morning. So especially if you're having, a, if you've had a bad night's sleep, it's a good idea to go out and get that sunlight in your eyeballs as soon as you can. Like as soon after the sun comes up as you can, because those wavelengths, you know, we, most of us are, are familiar with the rods and cones in our eye that, you know, detect light. There's a third receptor back there that can detect, uh, I think the wavelengths of light and let us know what time of day it is. So it resets our clock, helps us fall asleep easier. So that's one, no cost to that. Uh, and, and that's like five, five to 20 minutes, depending on the, the sun its angle, its strength, you know, the hotter and stronger it is, the less time you need. And you got to do this. You can't do it through glass. You got to get out and get it right in your eyes. So if you can do that, do that. Number two, delaying caffeine. Uh, I'm a double espresso guy. And, uh, but the, the science shows that you should delay it like 90 minutes after waking up. And this is because of, there's a chemical in our body, adenosine, which, uh, is the sleepy chemical. And basically it builds up in our body over day. And the more it builds up, the more we go to sleep. Uh, but if you have caffeine too early, it will disrupt not the, not the production of adenosine, but the way it binds and the signals it sends. And that's often you can get afternoon crashes. So this is a, one of the ways to alleviate afternoon crashes. If you're getting an afternoon crash, it might be because you're having caffeine too early in the morning and you're messing up your clock. So delaying caffeine 90 minutes after working two hours, if you can. Uh, number three, meditation. You can find lots of meditation things on YouTube for free, uh, or you can join, uh, some places that, that do have subscriptions, but it's a free service on YouTube. You can find them research shows, you know, five minutes a day is enough to lower blood pressure, clear your mind. Um, uh, it helps so much with mental clarity and overcoming certain anxiety disorders and, and stress disorders and things like that. So meditation, uh, with that, I'll also throw in a new one that I'm doing, which is called morning pages. And that's upon waking, uh, free with your hand, writing out three pages of just free, like just your mind, just dumping stuff on a page. It'll, I've been doing it now for uh, over 20 days. Um, it's helping me, uh, be clearer in my thoughts, uh, worries. It's a good place to put worries down. One of the things about worries is without a home for them. That's one of the reasons they keep circulating in the, your brain. But as soon as you write them down and give them a home, it can help you look at them in a different way, process it, all that stuff. Again, zero cost, except for the cost of a book. And it's, it is, yeah, not on the keyboard longhand because it'll go, it'll take you longer and slower. So it's not about the destination. It's not about filling three pages. It's about the process. 
Uh, I have a book that's smaller, like five by seven, not eight and a half by 11 or whatever, eight by 10, eight and a half by 11, five by seven. So it's shorter. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's really tough. That second page, oh boy, it's tough to get through often, but you push through it. And I just, I've written so many times, I have nothing to write right now, <laughs> but I'm finding some benefit from that, but that's still a work in progress. Uh, another big one, fasting or time-restricted feeding or eating. Uh, you know, our, our ancestors would go 12, at least 14, 16 hours a day without eating. Uh, most North Americans now are eating about 16 hours a day. Basically, they eat until they go to bed, they wake up and they eat right away. And this does not give our body time to enter a different um, period of uh, a cycle. So basically, we have two cycles. We have growth and reproduction, and then we have rest and recuperation. And food is a big trigger because food triggers insulin, and insulin is a big hormonal trigger of that process. And so when you're always eating, there's no time for that rest and recuperation phase because your body is just growing 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 and insulin is a big driver of that so fasting or time restricted feeding i'm going to do a whole thing just on fasting soon but looking into it at least you know trying not to eat before bed like bedtime snacks are really shown to disrupt sleep uh, because if your body's busy digesting food it's not busy recuperating and resting and um, rehabilitating our body or recuperating, which is a big part of light sleep. It's, it's that recuperation. And if you're busy digesting food, it's, uh, it's not gonna, it's gonna be harder for your body to get that. In most cases, I mean, some people, I'm sure there are people who can have a big, huge turkey dinner and then fall asleep and sleep like a baby and be absolutely fine. But in general, it's, it's, it's a good idea to at least not eat two to four hours before going to bed. And, uh, and I have been fasting for several months now and the, the benefits beyond just the weight loss, uh, are quite significant for me. Um, which brings me to the last one. So I'm running out of time and that is sleep hygiene. And that is like a room that is dark, uh, cool. If you can do that. Uh, and quiet. So uh, even, you know, if you have blinds, even like little street lights that get in that seem like not much light are enough to get in through our closed eyelids and trigger our brain. Like our eyelids, as we all know, are not completely like blackout curtains. Uh, and even though it might not seem like a lot of light, it's enough to disrupt our sleep. I mean, most of us now know about screens and that we shouldn't have blue light from screens. But uh, in my house at 9.30 at night, my lights all turn like red or dark or dim. Uh, basically, as little light as I can, as I need. Um, and my room is pitch dark. Like I can be in my bedroom in the middle of the afternoon in July with bright sunshine and it will be pitch black in here. Uh, the, the knockout blackout curtains that are thick also help with sound. And so my room is very like a cocoon and uh, I sleep way better, much less disruptions, fewer disruptions, fewer light coming in. Uh, and it is, it is done a lot. So, you know, other than the cost of maybe buying some curtains, that one is zero or low cost. So once again, just to recap, that's uh, getting light early in the morning 
20 minutes, you know, before it get, the UV gets too strong. Delaying caffeine, 90 minutes. Meditation, five minutes a day is enough. Uh, fasting or, or time-restricted feeding, which is kind of same thing, but just fasting usually is longer term. But myself, I do two 36-hour fasts a week, and uh, I love it. It's not easy, but that's part of the joy of it is fighting through something that is tough. Um, cold therapy. I didn't even talk about cold therapy. So really briefly, because I'm really going over today, cold therapy, cold showers or cold plunges. And that does, that has a range of benefits. Uh, again, do this safely. Don't just go out and start doing it because it can be hazardous. But, um, but I do cold showers and alcohol plunges. I've worked up over time and, uh, now, uh, but it, it, it helps with the release of growth hormone. Growth hormone can go up like two to five times. Uh, cortisol and cortisol, when it's released like forever, is very damaging. But in short bursts, you know, we need cortisol. Cortisol rises in the morning upon waking. It'll do that. Uh, and then a lot of endo endogenous opioids and endorphins, the happy chemicals. I know opioids, everybody freaks out, but your brain does make opioids that are pleasure chemicals. Your body is, uh, so when you do something tough, Typically, your brain will reward you. Like, that was hard. Here, have some, like, yummy, yummy chemicals. And you go, ooh, it feels pretty good. Anyway, that's, uh, I'm, I'm well over my time. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in for Deserts of Plenty. That's just five or six low-cost or zero-cost ways to go out and have positive impacts on your life. I've done these things uh, with a few other things, and uh, I'm 57 almost. I feel amazing. I feel really great. I've, I started running again, which I never thought I would do. Uh, I've had some other interesting little health benefits that have happened as a result of this, including like my blood pressure going down over 10 points um, and um, well, some other things I'll talk about maybe in a subsequent podcast when I start talking a little bit more about physical health. Anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you're having a great week uh, and I hope to see you again back here next time for more Deserts of Plenty.